Digital marketing is something every small business owner knows they need to use. However, it can be this intimidating black box. If you're trying to figure out how to use this to your advantage and grow, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Tech Tony Podcast. Tony is your licensed Google data engineer, here to help you grow online with tips and tricks close to free that you can do yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Tech Tony Podcast. I have with me a guest today. Uh, this is a guy I met online. He reached out. I had a problem. Still a problem, but we pretty much found solutions that we can go down to hopefully get a positive result. Um, this is Mr. Marshall Evans. He is a all-around pretty good uh, Google guy. Marshall, introduce yourself to everyone real quick. My name is Marshall Evans. I own uh, Zen Media Social. We're a full-spectrum digital marketing agency. Uh, we work in pretty much every area of everyone's business from online to offline. Um, I have a passion for helping people optimize their Google listings and make sure that they're getting in front of the most eyeballs that they possibly can. I've been doing this for about ooh, 12 years now. So, um, you know, growing a lot and Learning things every day, but it's an ever-changing landscape, as we all know. So the big point is keeping up with it. Nice, nice. How long, how long have you been in the game again, Marshall? About twelve years. Jeez. <laughs> so about as long as Google has been around. <laughs> give or take, give or take. <clears throat> that's that's pretty cool. And how can and people and how can people find you again? Tell tell them where they can how they get a hold of you. And they want to talk to you some more. Uh, you can check out my my website, uh, zenmediasocial.com, or you can always find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. I pretty much accept every chat request and try to get, make as many connections as possible. Now, with, with uh, when I was to China Marshall, he mentioned to me, well, the problem we were having was, uh, we'll talk about this a bit, was Google My Business things getting suspended by who knows. Well, there's a multiple of reasons they, get, they can get suspended. Mostly it's when a business owner goes out and hires someone to do um, SEO and they do the fake reviews, correct, Marshall? Uh, most of the time what I see is people get suspended for one of two reasons, uh, fake reviews or they're posting content that for some reason Google thinks is uh, not a good idea. So that could be um, pictures with uh, adult themes or it could be posts that make false medical claims or uh, unjustified claims, something like that. But the vast majority of suspended business listings that I have to deal with is totally because somebody responded to a cold marketer who promised them a lot and basically stuffed them with a whole bunch of fake reviews. And once you get used to finding the fake reviews, it's pretty easy to find them. So you know, what you would see is you'd see in their listing, you'd see reviews that are coming from either a person who's only ever done one review or a person who is not based in the service area of the customer. So like they're in Sri Lanka, but they're leaving a review for a local roofer. <laughs> I hate you the cold, they respond to the cold email. So what do you, 
what do you recommend a business owner that that he wants someone to work? And for those that are that aren't familiar, Google My Business is how you appear on Google Maps. Someone types in a local plumber, local. I need a lawyer. I want to go find a closest hotel to me. Uh, what you get is called Google Maps. The results are called Google Maps, and how you maintain those is through your Google My Business profile. And so a business owner, I'm particularly working with small business owners that just all the time to maintain this. What red flags do they need to look for when they're trying to find someone to manage their Google My Business listing? Well, I think that the biggest things, and you know, I've owned a, a physical business. I owned a hair salon for four years. Oh, wow, um, really? Yeah, I did actually. And I actually got started in digital marketing because I was the marketing director for a three location hair salon chain. And I can tell you for a fact, like I would get almost daily phone calls and sometimes they're automated, sometimes they're not. And it would say something like, this is Google calling you to let you know that your Google My Business listing is at danger of being suspended if you do not call us immediately, something like that. Well, number one, Google's never really going to call you about your Google My Business listing. <laughs> right. I don't have the don't have the time, so they're not doing that. They're not going to robocall you. They're not going to send you an email offering to improve your listing if you pay them, because you can't improve. You can't pay for Google My Business. So let's let's go over the terminology real quick. So. It, Google My Business is the system that controls how you show up in Google Maps or what's called the local pack. So the local pack is the first three businesses that you see when you Google a business. So you Google plumbers near me and the first three things you see are a business. Now you may see four. The fourth one, the one at the very top will have a little thing that's beside it that says add. So then you know that's a competitor who's using Google ads to make sure that they're at the top that phrase in the Google local pack and in Google Maps. So that's just a, you know, the, so we can frame our conversation. That's how we understand that. Yes. But the biggest thing that you can look out for is, you know, if they're pretending to be Google or if they're offering you some sort of too good to be true offer. So if they tell you that they are going to get you into that local pack, those first three spots, the only way that you can do that is not, you, you have to do it by reputation and proximity to the customer that's searching or pay for it. So pay for it, but you have to pay Google, not some random guy in another country or you know, anywhere nearby. You just can't, you can't game Google My Business. So you can, the best thing that you can do is manage it yourself and have a plan to solicit reviews. And it's kind of like a baby. You have to feed it and you have to take care of it and you have to respond to it. So, you know, if we were, you want to go into what we could do to like optimize our listing? Yeah, go for it, man. Please do. Cause like a lot of business owners, I've seen it too many times, and you definitely see it too many times where, you know, I'll, like personally myself, I'll just be like on Google Maps and I'll see unsecured, um, like you want, or Google has that thing where it says you want to claim this business type of deal. Yeah, no one's managing. Yeah, you're laughing because you know no one's managing it, and I can't stress the importance enough of how important Google My Business is to every business, small business. Well, let's talk about why it's important to have control over your listing. Uh, I think that's a great place to start before we get into how we should optimize it. So you want to have control of your listing. 
meaning that you've claimed it and that you've verified it. You verify it by getting a postcard from Google in the mail, going back to Google My Business and verifying your listing. Exactly. And then you want to install the mobile app on your phone because it's going to give you alerts like you got a new review or someone has changed your hours. And I've seen some really crazy stuff. So I've seen where competitors will, or someone acting on the behalf of your local competitor will go into your unmanaged listing and they will change the website or the phone number. And if you don't <laughs> respond within 14 days, Google automatically accepts that. Yep. Especially if the person who made the change is a Google local guy. So for instance, I'm like a Google local guy at level 8,595,010. Same so here. like I'm at the very top, like, you know, they've invited me to go to Mountain View, California before COVID and like hang out with other Google local guides. And if I make a change to your business, it is almost instantaneously accepted because I have such a high reputation for contributing to Google Maps. Google is in question. I love it. <laughs> and so that's what they do is people become a Google local guide. So their, their information, their, they have authority with Google and then they go in and as a bad actor and they can change something and point like your business to their business. I'll give an example. I had a gym where someone changed the, web address to a subdomain of their domain uh -huh. and then they were taking pay they were scraping their schedule from mind body and then taking payment but you weren't paying the company you were paying the competitor or the scammer oh my god so you that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> well they're in another country so what are you going to do so you, know, you think you're registering for body pump 500 and paying them 25 dollars but then when you get to the business, they're like, we don't know who you are. You're not registered. It's because you registered on the scammer website or they'll change the phone number so that it goes to another similar business in the same local area. So all of the people who are looking for you are actually getting the competitor. Oh, so yeah. if you're not managing your listing, that can happen at any time. So with my clients, what I do is I, you know, I put a system in place that basically every day updates all of their listings and make sure that the data is what I tell it to be, not what someone submitted it to be. So somebody can change your hours, they can mark you permanently closed, they can, you know, leave a bad review. Um, a big thing I see with businesses a lot too is if they fire someone, then that person gets, they'll go back and leave a bad review and then all, they'll get all of their friends to come leave a bad review. And if you don't have control of your listing, number one, you don't even get a notification that you got a new review. Mm -hmm. And number two, you don't have the ability to report that review as being, uh, you know, a conflict of interest. And that happens all the time, especially in the service industry. So restaurants, things like that. And the other thing, like big one with the restaurants is like, you can put your full menu in your Google My Business listing. You yeah. can control what link. And if you don't control the link for booking, then guess who gets to do it? Uh, Grubhub. Yeah, or DoorDash. Or one of the delivery services partners with Google will take over your listing. And if you're not running your own link, to order online, they're going to put it in for you. So if you're not in control of your listing, you're not monitoring it, DoorDash will do that for you. And then they're taking their cut, they're doing all your online listings, right? So it's a, it's a big thing in the service industry, but 
it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there are different aspects of Google My Business that you need to optimize, and it really depends on the type of business that you are. And another important thing is that people often don't, are they're either in the wrong category or they're not in the right categories. Or their service area, so the area that they serve, is not well-defined. And that matters for both businesses that you, where people come to you and businesses where you go to them. You have to define your service area. And yep. that's going to make it so that you show up in the Google local pack, like the more likely you are. So the higher number of views you have, the more likely you are to show up if your service area and their proximity align. And you want people to see you, right? So it's all about, the, it's really important. And, you know, there's lots of things that you have to do to nurture your listing. Like if you're, let's say that you're a, a roofer and you install a great, beautiful new roof. Well, you want to leave a, a you want to upload the pictures yourself from the owner because those carry more weight. And another thing that you want to do is you want to respond to every review if it's positive or negative. Now, let me talk about negative reviews real quick. <laughs> So I'll give you a little backstory. I used to work for a guy when before I owned my own agency and I was his digital mar in-house digital marketing person. Mm -hmm. Then he would get a little tipsy and start responding to low-level reviews and he would <laughs> always the client. So it was a hair salon and, and somebody would say, well, the color didn't come out right and they didn't want it. And he would be like, he would respond in an extremely negative way. Mm -hmm. You never want to attack the person who reviewed you for their person or their actions. You always need to admit fault, unless it's just a blatantly false review. You can state your case, but attacking someone because they weren't happy with the outcome of the service that you provided is not a good idea because people actually read the reviews. People, the biggest influencer in people's decision making right now is Google reviews. So let me touch on that real quick. I'm going to segue off real quick. Mm -hmm. Never pay Yelp a dime. They're the oh, devil. Gosh, I hate They're Yelp. the internet mafia. Like they, they are literally the internet mafia. And let me tell you a little bit how they work. They have a, they have a warehouse where they have. Marshall, I lost you. Marshall. We okay? There you are. Yep. Sorry. That was fine. So Yelp has a warehouse of people who are recent college graduates all following a script using a sales CRM. And that's why you keep getting Yelp calls no matter how many times you tell them no. No. The people don't work there very long and then they get fired. They hire a new one. And then that person gets assigned you to call you back to see if it's going to hit. And here's the thing, Yelp are legends in their own mind. So they think that they're super important, but they're not. If you look at your analytics, you'll probably see less than 5% of your website traffic comes from Yelp. And paying them $1,500 a month will not change that. Whoa, who the hell's paying Yelp $1,500 a month? I've seen people paying them as much as 5000 Holy cow. I think the only time Yelp in my in my life has ever been relevant is when I was watching Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Disasters and he had the the manager of Yelp there and she's just like she was like talking to a restaurant. I knew that episode and that was a paid placement. 
I know. I was. I tweeted it. I tweeted. It. I was like, I wonder how much Yelp paid Gordon Ramsay for this. <laughs> yeah, it's about fifty-five thousand dollars. Golly, I can imagine anyone like like I understand clients paying that much for Google Ads, but for Yelp, are you serious? And so that that brings me to what I was going to. The point of that is, is that your time. So as business owners, we always have to look at where are we investing our time and what is the return in our investment of that time. Mm-hmm and money so everyone uses google so spending your time on your google listing is far more efficient use of your time than mucking around with your yelp listing or worrying about city search or some tertiary thing that barely exists anymore like those things are data brokers at this point so people have to Oh. Yeah, Angie's List, so the same thing. Angie's List, Home Advisor, all of those things. Your money is better spent, uh, if we're doing advertising, on Google Ads and, in my opinion, following up on Facebook and Instagram. I like Google to be my entrance into um, business, and then I like follow up on Facebook and Instagram. just works better for me. But the first thing is they have to find you. And that means that you've got to have control of your Google listing and that listing has to be optimized and you have to be actively monitoring it. You respond to every review in a positive way. So you always say like you admit fault. You say, we're sorry to hear that you didn't enjoy your experience with us or we didn't meet your expectations. You know, we've reached out to the team members. We're going to incorporate this into our training and see if we can improve our processes so that other people have a better experience. That's a great response. Saying, listen, you hateful so-and-so. You're the one that screwed everything up. We don't want to hear from you. You didn't communicate. You didn't call back. You made a mistake is a bad thing to do. Never, ever, ever do that. And if you have done it, you go back and edit those responses. I'll give you an example. Mm. Kate and Crab House, place here in my hometown, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, new business used to be a Thai restaurant. Same people redid it into a Crab House. Don't ask me why. Oh, interesting. Um, Our house Crab House. Okay. And a lady left a review and she said, it, they don't use real butter. It's popcorn butter. The fish was undercooked and the shrimp were chewy. And the manager responded, listen, you (laughs) N-word. We use real butter. It's clarified ghee. You wouldn't know your hole if uh, I stuck my foot off it. (laughs) Now, that was bad. And so, obviously... Uh, I just happened to notice and I told the people who own it, who I know from a business networking group, and they went in and tried to edit that review. Well, guess what? The lady who left the review had the receipts. She had screenshots of the reply and she replied with the screenshots of the reply. So there's no fixing that. Yeah. No, there isn't. I'll give you another example. I um, had a business owner that consult hired me to do some consulting based in Arizona. He is not, he owned a day spa, but he bought it for his daughter. It's not, it wasn't his passion. He was actually an accountant. And so, um, but he was running that day spa because it's making money. Now they were addicted to Groupon, which is something I could talk about a whole another day. Oh, Groupon over people. 
Yeah, so they had, but they were processing, you know, 50 or 60 Groupons a day. And the, and what he had done is it was an ultra low offer and he would upsell everybody when they came in by default. So you bought the Groupon for 25, you're not walking out of there for less than 150. Mm. Sometimes it could actually be more than the menu prices. And so people are not stupid. They figured it out. They started leaving one-star reviews on both Google and Yelp. And he would respond and call them names and say horrible, horrible things about them. He had hundreds and hundreds of one-star reviews where he had attacked the person who patronized his business. Oh. And he did not like what I told him, but I told him that the only option at this point, because it was so bad, was to shut down rebrand, hire a new manager, and for him to never reply to a review again. I mean, he had no choice but to put $30,000 into a rebrand because you can't recover from hundreds of one-star reviews. Like the whole so the is a day spa, but yeah, I mean, he needed to shut down and rebrand and then put a big under new management sign out because there's no way to fix that. You can't get those reviews removed because they're truthful and they're real. Google actually knows if someone has been inside of your business based on where their phone has been. That's right. That's true. I tell people that. Which is one of the ways that when you hire someone to do fake reviews, well, Google's AI says, this person hasn't been in the United States in the last year and a half. Hmm. Wonder how they left a review for a local plumber or a roofer or a restaurant. You know, and they, Google's not stupid. And they figure that out pretty quickly, actually. And you can't just fix it. You know, it, it, so basically by making a decision to try and game the system, you are looking at either having to start over with a new listing or you're looking at spending thousands upon thousands of dollars with someone like me and my efforts to try and fix it. Also, another big point, <laughs> never have your employees review your business. Ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. No one who works for you, including not your wife, nobody, or your husband, nobody should review your business if they have a conflict of interest with the business. If they have any investment in the business, be it ownership or employment or relationship to the owner, never, ever try to get them to review your business. Yeah, I went. I used to go to BNI meetings, and they love to get together at the end of the BNI meeting, and everybody leave a review for everybody else's business. And they all started getting suspended, and it's because Google figured out that there was a relationship between all of these people, and they were trying to game the whole system. Wow, really? So like, so like, like if you're at like a local chamber meeting, just a meeting group of hanging out business leads, those people should not leave reviews for each other unless they've actually done services. Yes, unless you've actually done business with that business, never leave a review. So getting like getting uns getting reviews where the person has not done business with you is a very, very bad idea. Now the other thing that you should not do is don't incentivize reviews. It is against Google policy to incentivize reviews. So what does that mean? That means you can't say leave a review for my business and I'll give you twenty five percent off. Your next purchase? Review. Your next purchase. That is nope, 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 nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If Google finds out that you are incentivizing reviews, they will suspend your entire listing and there's no coming back. 
So that means that you're starting over. Because <clears throat> I've heard from, from and I'm, say, I'm saying that makes more sense than those other people I've heard, because I've heard businesses or people say, hey, you know, um, you'll get half off your next oil change, you leave us a review or something type of, type of situation. Almost like, like influencer marketing type of deal, like, hey, I'll send you my product, you leave me a review type of, type of situation. It's a bad idea. I mean, it is, it is strictly against Google policy. And why is that? It's because Google realizes that they are putting trust signals out to their user base, right? They want people to trust the Google reviews they leave. So if the Google review has been incentivized, then you can't exactly trust what's in the review. Because you know that Johnny, business owner, is not going to give some chick who leaves a three-star review 25% off even though he said he would, you know, so that's why they'll say, oh, give me a five-star review. I've seen as much as people putting kiosks in their lobby for people to leave a review at the kiosk. Well, Google's not stupid. So it says, why are so many reviews coming from this same IP address? Um, that's interesting to say that because when I used to work at Toyota, um, it wasn't towards Google reviews, but towards reviews that Toyota would be like, hey, how was your car buying experience? Toyota would ask people. Well, when we would sell a new car, uh, they, we would tell people, hey, part of this buying process, you're going to get a review. Please leave me a review because I used to get paid off reviews. Well, you can do that. Well, That's fine. Well, here's the thing. Toyota, my, my, my general manager told me, don't, link, don't have them leave reviews in the dealership because Toyota will see it off the IP address. Right. So well, it, too, many, too many reviews from the same IP address is bad. Yeah, he's like, have them fill up the review three days later when they're at home. <laughs> right. And so that's why in your sales cycle, you should always wait at least, the sweet spot is three to seven days after a service. It really depends on the service. So if it, but it's never like immediately. So if you have some sort of sales automation platform, you always want to put a nice air gap in between, or time gap in between when you have completed the service and when you ask them for a review. Now, let me touch on another thing when it comes to reviews. What cool. works, what's a good strategy for reviews? If you're a small, local, family-owned business, the best thing you can do is what I call the emotional appeal. And I have, I've taken, I'll give you an example. I took someone who got suspended, mm -hmm. lost, 345 legitimate reviews and about another 380 fake ones, which I was happy to see them go, hmm. but they had to start over. Like I couldn't fix their Google My Business listing because the, the, it was so flagrantly egregious that Google was like, nope, sorry, not, not, ha not happening. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a new listing. And then, but that starts in with zero reviews. So what do I do? Um, I go on, you know, what I did is I got, I got their email list and then I wrote an email and I actually told the customers that, that, excuse me, sorry about that, yeah. that they had, um, that they had been taken advantage of by a bad marketer. And then I said, you know, Google reviews are vital to our business. It's how we get most of our business. Um, we need your help. If we've done a good job for you, um, please leave us a review. If you had a problem with what we did for you, um, you know, please reply and tell us what it is so we can make it right. And then what I did after that is, um, you know, basically explain, you know, this doesn't just affect us. It affects 
you know, our 18 employees and their families because our ability to keep them employed is based on how many jobs we have. And we need the Google reviews to get more jobs. So if you have time, please help us. And even if you've left us a review in the past, because it's gone now. And we were able to get them back up to about 195 reviews in seven days. And I batch sent those in small doses. So I broke that list of clients into small pieces. So I wasn't asking, I didn't want to flood of reviews to come in at one time. Yeah. I wanted to get a steady drip. And that's what we did. And it worked really well. So that's a, a way that you can come back from a suspension. Um, if you have to start over and Google tells you that they're not going to restore your listing. Um, I think that the, you know, the big takeaway though is the Google My Business listing in a lot of ways is more important than your website. It is the first thing that people see, even if they're Googling your name to get to your website, they're still going to see your Google listing. That's true. First. And so, you know, we want that Google listing to be optimized, to be, you be in the right categories, have the right time, the right website, have all your menu, if you can do it, your right order link, whatever is appropriate for your business, you need, you know, what your offers are. And then, you know, of course, there's a Google posts thing and you should be posting to that Google post thing. If you have a special coming up, you should post it there. If you have a special offer or you have an event or you're running a promotion, you should be posting that to your Google um, My Business profile on a regular basis. It's a very important channel. Now, that takes me to one other thing. I have seen way too many businesses focus on getting reviews on Facebook. Oh, yeah. It is useless. Useless waste of time. Facebook does not feature reviews on a business page. They don't make a big deal out of it. They're not in the business of showing reviews. They offer it but it's not a focus of the platform. They're more interested on your timeline and the things that you're posting and the groups that you're creating and things like that. They don't give two rat asses about your reviews. You notice it's a tiny little box over on the right-hand side of your business page. If you get that, yeah, it's barely. Yeah. And, and they don't even actually show any of the reviews. They just show your star rating. People have to click through to see the reviews. The reviews that people post don't show up on your timeline for your business page unless you paste them there yourself. Yep. So it's just not important. So I see a real problem if I go to a business because people, oh, and a general martial rule of thumb. So Zooming is social. We believe that people will review you one time. And you need to be real careful where you ask them to review you. Mm -hmm. So if you're soliciting reviews on Facebook, that's your one time. You're going to have to go extra special hard to get them to review you again on Google. I've seen now, businesses try to treat Facebook like Google and it fails. Part of that being reviews. It's just not the same thing. It's not the same kind of channel. It's not the same kind of engagement. It just, it doesn't serve the same purpose in the consumer's mind. And so we always have to think about what is the consumer looking at? And right now at this juncture in 2021, people trust Google and they trust Google reviews. Now let's take that into a reverse. People do not trust Amazon reviews. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Even if it says verify purchase, people always like the vast majority of consumers, 64% of consumers say that they have low confidence in Amazon reviews. And why is that? It's because Amazon has not implemented the same kind of policing that Google has. Right? 
Right. So no, I, tried. I definitely tried, but you're, yeah. You're, but yeah, you know, I think that I tell everyone the most important place for you to get a review is always going to be Google. Because even if somebody finds you on Home Advisor or Angie's List or Yelp, they're probably still going to Google your business and look at your Google profile. Mm -hmm. Because Google has the authority. All of those secondary sources are places for people to see things, but they don't carry the weight and authority that Google does. So they will go Google you just to see what Google says. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, I, every time I travel or go somewhere, I'm, I'm Googling stuff. Where's the, where's the best barbecue at? Where's a good snack shop, whatever hotels. It's straight to the reviews. First thing first I look at. Yeah. And, and that's how, you know, Google sorts things by default and a mixture of proximity and number or average rating than the number of ratings. Mm -hmm. So it, that's why you need every business, every small business, no matter what you do, needs to have a consistent review solicitation process in place where you're not incentivizing. You're just asking people to provide you with feedback so that it helps your business. Yep. And you need to have that in an automated way. You don't have time to do it any other way. Um, you know, a great example is the dentist across the street from me. They have almost 3,000 Google reviews. Dang. And it's, a, and it's just, a, I mean, it's a small, it's not a huge office but they're they're they focused in real early on building those google reviews getting a ton of google reviews and it's a prominent feature in all of their marketing mm -hmm. sorry about that client let me, let me just text him back real quick yeah. sorry you're fine i don't know why my phone stop stop Let me just send him a message real quick. You're good. Uh... Okay, sorry about that. No. Yeah. So is that good so far? Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it, Marshall. Um, we're running out of time, so I want to tie this up. We're definitely going to have to have you back on the show. Uh, definitely going to have you uh, chit-chat a bit more. Um, do, you, do, you do, do you have any, so, any uh, videos or YouTube or social links that people can go and learn more from you? You know, I've always been just so head down in the trenches. I'm just starting to get into actually providing you know, some of the, the information. I do a lot of like one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. Um, so I do offer that. You know, I'm a certified mind-body business consultant. My original niches were in the salon, spa, and wellness space, so like yoga and fitness and things like that. Interesting. Um, I branched out into doing more, you know, after the, the pandemic, a lot of my uh, fitness and wellness clients stopped advertising and stopped, um, you know, just went into survival mode. So yes. I branched off into a lot of different niches, but I'm not a big niche person. I believe that the principles of marketing are the same regardless of what the business is. And there's no, you know, super secret method that works for every business. You know, there's no... There's nothing you can just photocopy to be successful. I think that every business has to have its own unique culture and purpose and message. And if you try to align someone else's ideas to your business, you either have to change your business or you have to change that idea. 
Shoot. Oh, man, Marshall, I appreciate your time. Well, before we go, tell people where they can find you again. Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn uh, under Marshall Evans. Look for the big orange beard. Same thing on Facebook. Um, you can check out my website, Zen Media Social. Um, I'm always down to chat with people and help out as much as I can. Um, I do offer lots of training, one-on-one -on -one training and consulting. Conquering big problems is one of my favorite things to do. Hey, appreciate it, Marshall. Thanks for being on the show. For those of you folks, until next time, happy marketing. Thank you for listening to the Tech Tony Podcast. As always, make sure to like and follow to not miss an episode. And if you want to learn more, make sure to follow Tech Tony on YouTube at Tech Tony, on Twitter at High Tech Tony, or on the Facebook group, Growing Your Small Business with Google. Feel free to ask any of your questions. Till then, happy marketing.